Forensic Compact. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the month of May, one of the month series on operationalizing your compliance program. And this month, I will focus on the use of your human resources function to help you operationalize your compliance program. This month, my sponsor is Advanced Compliance Solutions. Advanced Compliance Solutions is your one-stop shop for all compliance-related services. Uh, Advanced Compliance Solutions has a new, exciting service offering called the Compliance Alliance, which is a three-step program that will provide you and your team a background into compliance and the FCPA so you can consider how your product or service fits the needs of the compliance officer, the compliance practitioner, and the compliance professional. It includes a boot camp, a podcast series, sponsorship, and an in-person training. Each section builds on the other and provides your customer service and sales teams with the knowledge they need to have intelligent conversations with compliance officers and decision makers. When the program is complete, your teams will be armed with the knowledge they need to sell and service every new compliance client. Interested people should contact myself, Tom Fox. In the evaluation of corporate compliance programs issued by the Department of Justice, there was a section on incentives and discipline. This spoke directly to the need of the HR function and compliance or several other uh, parts of the evaluation which speak to the integration of compliance into your HR function to fully operationalize your compliance program. Each day this month, I will be exploring a different way for you to operationalize your compliance function through the HR function. I hope you enjoy this series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Day 11, the Fair Process Doctrine. In the Department of Justice's Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, Prong 8, Incentives and Disciplinary Measures, it states, Incentive System Consistent Application. Have the disciplinary actions and incentives been fairly and consistently applied across the organization? In the Department of Justice's 13-point minimum, 13 minimum best practices compliance program, item number 10, it states, discipline. Companies should have appropriate disciplinary procedures to address, among other things, violations of anti-corruption laws and the company's anti-corruption compliance code policies and procedures by companies, directors, officers, and employees. A company should implement procedures to ensure that where misconduct is discovered, reasonable steps are taken to remedy the harm resulting from such misconduct and to ensure appropriate steps are taken to prevent further similar misconduct, including assessing the internal controls, ethics, and compliance program and making modifications necessary to ensure the program is effective. However, I believe that the DOJ best practices are more active than the stick of employee discipline to make a compliance program effective. And I also believe it requires a carrot to fully operationalize your compliance program. Indeed, this requirement was codified long ago in the U.S. Sentencing Guidelines, which read, the organization's compliance and ethics program should be promoted and enforced consistently throughout the organization through appropriate incentives to perform in accordance with compliance and ethics program, and B, appropriate disciplinary measures for engaging in criminal conduct and for failing to take reasonable steps to prevent or detect criminal conduct. One of the areas that HR can operationalize your compliance program is to ensure that discipline is handed out fairly across an organization and to those employees who integrate such ethical and compliant behavior into their individual work practices going forward. 
Procedural fairness is one of the things that will bring credibility to your compliance program. Today, it is called the Fair Process Doctrine, and this doctrine generally recognizes that there are fair procedures, not arbitrary ones, involving rights, particularly individual rights around the workplace. Considerable research has shown that people are more willing to accept negative, unfavorable, and non-preferred outcomes when they believe they are arrived at by processes and procedures that are perceived as fair. Adhering to the fair process doctrine in two of your areas of your compliance program is critical for you as a compliance specialist as to more fully operationalize your compliance program and burn it into the fabric of your organization. The first is that of internal investigations. If your employees do not believe that the investigation is fair and impartial, then it is not fair and impartial. Further, those involved must have confidence that any internal investigation is treated seriously and objectively. One of the key reasons employees will go outside their organization and a company's internal hotline process is they do not believe that the process will be fair. This fairness has several components. One would be the use of outside counsel rather than in-house counsel to handle the investigation. More of a, if a company uses a regular outside counsel firm, it may be other outside counsel that should be brought in, particularly if the regular outside counsel has created or implemented key components which are being investigated. Further, if the company's regular outside counsel has a large amount of business with the company, then the law firm may have a very vested interest in maintaining the status quo. Lastly, the investigation may require a level of specialization, which the in-house counsel or regular outside counsel do not possess. Second, in the area of administration of discipline and employee promotions. However, as important as the fair process doctrine is with investigations, I've come to believe it is more important in another area. That is in the administration of discipline after a compliance-related incident. Discipline must not only be administered fairly, but it must be administered uniformly across the company for violation of any company's policy. Simply put, if you're going to fire employees for South, in South America for lying on their expense reports, you have to fire them in North America for doing the same. It cannot matter that a North American employee is your friend, friend or worse yet, a high producer. Failure to administer discipline uniformly will destroy any vestige of credibility that you may have developed company-wide. In addition to the area of discipline, which may be administered after the completion of any compliance investigation, you must also place compliance firmly as a part of ongoing employee evaluations, promotion, and compensation. This is yet another way to fully operationalize your compliance program. If your company is seen to advance and reward only employees who achieve their numbers by whatever means necessary, other employees will certainly take note of it and it will be understood what ma management truly evaluates re and rewards employees upon. I often tell the anecdotal story of an unnamed manager in an unnamed region outside the United States who has said the, alleged to have said the following, if I violate the code of conduct, I may or may not get caught. If I violate the code of conduct and get caught, I may or may not be disciplined. If I miss my numbers for two quarters, I'll be fired. If this is what other employees believe about how they're being evaluated and the basis for promotion and, indeed, compensation, you've lost the compliance battle. So what are today's three key takeaways? The first is that the language I cited in from the Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs is really not new at all. 
the U.S. sentencing guidelines, the uh, 2012 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program, and indeed, Department of Justice settlement agreements in the form of uh, attachment C's to DPAs have all had this language about discipline and consistent application of discipline. Number two, the fair process doctrine. I cannot emphasize how important the fair process doctrine is. Procedural due process and procedural fairness are critical elements of any compliance program going forward, and they will be a key element in your employees believing that they're being treated fairly. If the fair process doctrine does not exist at your organization, uh, you basically lost the battle. And finally, number three, inconsistent application of discipline will destroy your compliance program credibility. Once again, I cannot emphasize this too much. If you fire people in South America for cheating on their expense reports, you will fire, uh, you have to fire people in North America for cheating on their expense reports. If you do not do so, it will go through your company like wildfire, the disparate treatment of people in the United States, people perceived to be protected by the home office, and a wide variety of other rumors that will get started that you cannot stop. So it's incredibly important that there be procedural fairness, procedural due process, and the fair process doctrine be incorporated into the operationalization of your compliance program going forward. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining me to, for day 11, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 12 of one month to better compliance through HR. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of one month to operationalizing your compliance program through the use of your HR function. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will rate it on iTunes as it would help our ratings and also get the word out about this seminal one-month series that I'm doing in 2017. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox, that's tfox, at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, I hope you will join me again. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.